We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir? Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho, and today we've got a fun midweek episode talking about the legacy of the MVP baseball franchise, arguably the most important baseball video game franchise of all time, especially for folks of a certain age like myself. Before we get into it, want to shout out the Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our producer-level Big Chill patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Koluski, Chris Mykoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, and of course, Classic Stadium Fire, the sponsor to all of our patrons' movie episodes. Big thanks to them and our entire Big Screen Sports Patreon group for supporting the show. I want to dive right into this one. Tommy Strafacci, he runs the Random MLB Stars Instagram account. In a lot of those posts, he uses clips from the MVP Baseball franchises. As folks remember, uh, MVP Baseball was the the offshoot of the Triple Play Baseball franchise. Uh, started in 2003, we got three MLB games and then two NCAA games. They were, uh, they were perfect in so many ways. They were groundbreaking in so many ways. Uh, just extremely important so um, sports video games they're sports movies adjacent so decided it'd be a great thing to cover especially midweek let's dive right in all right joining me tonight on big screen sports this is an episode i've been looking forward to for a while guy who's whose Instagram account I just I couldn't be a bigger fan of, Tommy Strafacci aka random MLB stars on Instagram what is up my man what is up man it's I'm happy to be here I've been looking forward to this it's exciting I am I am beyond pumped about what we're going to talk about. Before we get into it, tell the folks what is Random MLB Stars? How did you come into this account? I, in fact, I know a couple of our listeners are also big fans of this account because we'll, we'll like share posts and stuff like that. So, so dive in. What is Random MLB Stars? Yeah, so Random MLB Stars. It was like how many of us I had like I was the middle of the pandemic, locked in, had nothing to do, and uh, my buddy. It was really it's a conversation that my buddy and I have had for years that just turned into. I think there's got to be other people out here who want to talk about this so basically it started as every day uh we're posted i do a post on a different player from like the early 2000s like when we we're all growing up and i would do like it's every team they played on and then a highlight video and it, it started as that and now it started to grow in and it just started to grow into like videos about modern day baseball with like the lesser known stars like the david bedners the brandon juries the, the guys that aren't in your face all the time on mlb network and stuff and then it's videos on just everything from early 2000s we're, we're talking like 04 red Sox, 05 white Sox. we're getting into it and then like we're going to talk about today the most important thing i you know when i um mvp 05 i used to clock between mvp 04 and mvp 05 probably half my childhood got clocked into that game and i guess deep down i knew there was something i was like this information i'm retaining this information for something down the line <laughs> and this is what it's become i guess 
it was such a special period and it fits those posts you're doing because a lot of those guys were in those games like you posted one the other day of ken harvey and it just like like threw me out of my chair man i was like holy yeah, shit it's 2005 ken harvey. al also i can even i there's sometimes because it really is i was on um, another podcast and they were asking me like how do you even come up with the players every day because everybody you, i get a lot of dms and everybody thinks i have like this running list of like oh this is this person this day and this, and it really isn't strategic it's just i wake up one day and i'll be like cooking breakfast and i'll be sitting there and i'll be like ken harvey was kind of a beast in 2005 Just like, yeah man remember remember joe creedy like man exactly that the whole and you know i made a video about this when the account when the account was the a year old the whole reason the account started was it was one night it was like literally two in the morning and i texted my buddy and i was like have you ever looked into Hank Blaylock's 2005? Because it's honestly absurd. Dude, I love sending a text that is like, have you ever looked at so-and-so's baseball reference page? It's crazy. It, no, it really is. I was just like, you know, if Hank Blaylock doesn't get hurt and they have him at the sheriff for like three, for another two, three years, do the Rangers win a World Series? And then that turns <laughs> into a whole conversation. And like nobody, in, in our minds, nobody cared. And then it was just like, Somebody out there has to has to pay attention to this. Someone has to care. <laughs> it's literally that tweet that's like, dudes will just sit around and name random athletes all night. Like it, it's that t- tweet personified. I can't even put a number on how many people tag me in that. I, I got it DM'd. Like every time it pops up on Twitter, I get every notification from it. They're just like, this is you. And I'm like, yeah, no, this has probably become my entire person. Like this is me personified is that tweet. <laughs> A hundred percent. Tell the folks about your podcast. What do you guys talk about on the show? Where can they find it? All that stuff. Yeah. A random MLB podcast. It's on every platform. Um, yeah, no, we, we still, same thing. We talk about past baseball, but we talk about, we, we focus in on like what's going on in baseball today. We try and focus in on a lot of those players that don't get highlighted a lot. And then we interview a lot of, because of the account, I've gotten the opportunity to talk to a lot of former players. We've talked to Mike Cameron, Dontrell Willis. There's a lot of guys that I got, com- we got coming up that are super exciting and we get to really like dive into just kind of we always talk about so we did a whole long episode on and i think you and i talked about this too of like um we did this whole long i actually it's might have been somebody else but we we did this whole long episode a while back on um like even like the steroid era and it's become this period in baseball that a lot of like normal baseball media is like kind of thrown to the side because of it's kind of this black mark and, I, and we're sitting here like I'm 26. Like that's when I fell in love with baseball. That's like what I love about baseball. That's like what is exciting to me. And I'm like, there's other people. We're, we're, we're really like zeroing in on like, let's stop pretending that this was this terrible era when maybe there's there's faults to it. But also it's a period where a lot of people really fell in love with the sport and you can't just throw that to the side. You, there's flaws with every era. You got to like embrace it. Because how many of us, I mean, I feel like everybody in our age range, it's like th- that's, I remember where I was when Barry Bonds broke the home run record. I, I, I and that's why my main, my big point with all that is, it's like I don't care about steroids, not steroids, whatever it is. That was like a fundamental childhood memory for me, and it's like you can't just tell me that's gone. So it's like we gotta try to bring back love to that and uh, just have fun with it. Nothing, nothing too serious. Never get too heavy. Just, just keeping it fun, light, and talk about baseball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think it, for a larger like macro conversation around it, like that's that's why there's so much, especially people from our generation. I mean, like put steroid era guys in the hall of fame or put, because of like what they did for the sport. Like it's always the thing of Sosa and McGuire saved baseball. And then we kicked them to the side. You know, we did after we were done with them. And like those guys, like I had a, in my bedroom wall, like I had a McGuire poster. I have a Sammy Sosa poster still over there. Like I, it, I love I'm these with guys. You. Even though, like, Sammy, apparently huge dickhead. But, like, we, I can get over that. Like, I I can't, They it. probably all were. And you know what the thing is? Like, I think that's just everybody. Like, they probably all were. But I'm out here. Like, I have the same thing. There's this poster I've been, I'm about, I want to get so badly, where it's just this lo- huge one. And I remember from when I was a kid of, of Barry Bonds. With, I think it was Sports Illustrated. Goes, I'm Barry Bonds and you're not. And it's just, it's like, because that's the thing. Exactly what you're saying of, we, Sammy Sosa is the perfect example of, he was, the face of baseball he i remember i went to a cubs game when i was a kid and i remember like people think the like there's stars now but like it really felt different like sammy sosa and mark mcguire it felt bigger and i think baseball was also and that's probably a bigger conversation is that baseball was more popular felt back then it was more espn covered it a lot more and it was more in the 
sports kind of conversation. So Sammy Baseball Sosa, tonight was a thing. Like that it was, a, was it was a, a nightly show. Exactly. And it's just like Sammy Sosa was huge. And now they won't even let him back at Wrigley Field. And it's it's crazy. You had told that child version of myself, like, oh no, when you're an adult, Sammy Sosa will never come back. They'll never bring Sammy Sosa back to Chicago. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are never going to the Hall of Fame. Neither will Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire is going to be like a hitting coach that's kind of disgraced. And it's like, it's this weird trip of watching these guys that were like, you're, these were these idols. And now they've become like, do not talk about them. It's, it's a weird thing. It's a really weird dynamic. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing the Lord's work, bringing those, <laughs> bringing those names back. And I mean, it, it kind of fits into what we're going to talk about tonight. So we're tonight, we're going to do a deep dive into the MVP baseball franchise and MVP baseball, just like those guys in that era, the, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands guy is such, it's such an interesting time capsule. And it's, it's so fondly looked back on by people like around our age and stuff like that. I'm a little bit older than you, but like my whole, you know, my whole generation, like, and I, I you know, it is partly because it like, it burned out so fast. We got three MLB games, two college games. It is, it is literally just a time capsule. Whereas we've had the show. I think the first show was like Oh five Oh six. And you know, we've had it, we've had it for almost 20 years now. We've seen all these iterations and stuff. It's been mainly the only game because like 2k was trash and everyone knows that. So no one, no one, <laughs> no, no one played 2k. So it's, it's this interesting thing, but it was also MVP was such a game changer in terms of, of, baseball video games and really taking a, a step up and I guess taking us into like the modern, like the PS2, the, the Xbox age. Um, you know, you, you kind of said why you use MVP baseball in your put, you know, a lot of these guys being in that era where, what was baseball gaming like for you before MVP baseball? Cause you, you are a little bit younger than me. So like MVP Oh four, I think I got when I was like 13. So I was like prime time. So what was baseball gaming for you beforehand? So MVP 04 was also it's same with me. I didn't play MVP 03 and MVP 04 is I, and I always say this when I always get a, a comment on like a TikTok or an Instagram video I make about it and they'll be like, oh, MVP 04 was better. I'm like, whoa, like MVP 04 was the first, I think video game I really like loved. I, I remember I bought it at a Staples as I was a kid. Like I had like whatever allowance money I had. And it was like when Staples still sold computer games, which was also a thing. And I remember playing it and I clocked, just hours and hours into it because it was like that first and you know I had like an N64 as a kid and my my had older brothers who had like Ken Griffey Jr. baseball and even that that doesn't hold up as well as these games do because it didn't it still felt very arcadey it still felt very oh yeah jumble yeah it's it the graphics are what they are but like some N64 games will hold up but sports really don't do it well and it's you're gonna have the same conversation with Madden where these 2003 to 2007 like you said it's right where it started like graphics took like even now and I, and I don't know what you your game on PS5 now or PS4 I, I'm still PS4 I have not jumped into the PS5 so I even I got the the Xbox one when the Xbox Series X when it came out and I, I was on a PS4 beforehand and my buddy and I the first thing we talked about was the jump from ps4 to xbox series x it's really like marginal like you can see it but like it's it's quicker and it's smoother but like if you told someone who didn't play video games they'd be like this is the same thing whereas the jump from n64 ps1 to ps2 was like generate it was an entire climbing everest it was i remember the first time like when we got the ps2 and i was like wait what this is like they can do this this is like i can see it and like back then you think the graphics were amazing and reality they weren't but it was just such a different ball game and uh no pun intended uh but no and mv so mvp04 was the first game i played and it was just that thing of like when you're a kid and this was just like an unlocked whole world and i played that non-stop and mvp05 came out and you played that non-stop and it was just it's still to this day, and I always say it's the greatest baseball game of all time. And sometimes you'll get a couple of Gen uh, Gen X, Gen Z, the younger the people younger than me. Um, they'll always be like, MLB The Show 22 is so much better. I'm like, of course it is. But for the time, the, there's for the just time. It is for the very time. important. Yeah, very the, important. and I feel like. I feel like I'm 95 when I say that, but I'm, it really cannot be emphasized enough of like for the time there was it was such a leap that it was an entirely different. There's nothing that I even think MLB the show could do that would be that type of leap because it was just so different from what you were used to 
that and also i think your attention span or attention spans were different because it wasn't like 70 features you weren't playing online you were really just playing franchise mode back and back and back it was just that's over and what over i again. loved about it that's what because like my memories of mvp baseball or or like being up in my room at three o'clock in the morning i've been playing for like five hours i'm on you know year seven of a franchise or i'm at a travel baseball tournament and we're all playing a, a tournament and we're like you know we're we're trading off controllers and, and stuff like that yeah. it's much more like much more intimate experience i guess and you're doing one more thing and like for me gaming before that or like baseball games was on the 64 the all-star baseball 2000 all-star baseball 2001 which only a couple of years before mvp baseball but because of that those generation of systems feel a mile apart and then also backyard baseball which actually still holds up the backyard sports game still holds up i'm with you on that still, still holds yeah, up 100%. I've, I've introduced i have an eight-year-old i've introduced him to, to oh. backyard baseball backyard football which has been just i let me tell you folks the best but um <laughs> but with with mvp04 it was i mean you go like you could look at the wikipedia and we'll talk about some of the stuff that was was new was different in those games like that they introduced and it's all stuff that you see the genesis of like in mlb the show like you've seen you know like they took stuff that ea sports and this team did with the mvp baseball games and that changed how you have to run baseball games like the the pitch and the throw the pitch meter and the throw meter like that was mvp baseball the hot and cold zones that was mvp baseball and like that stuff that's in mlb the show 22 and is like pretty much a standard you you have to have that and you know, it's I even think Ultimate Team has become pretty much where all sports gaming has gone. And I'm not the biggest Ultimate Team guy, but I think you see to your point, you see a lot of that from things like MVP baseball, where it was that was they had season mode in like you were saying, all-star baseball and Ken Griffey Jr. baseball and all of these things. But it was like for me, I played baseball growing up. I was not going pro. That was never, it was, oh, yeah, same. It, I'm not going to sit here and be going like, it's a pro shoulder injury something other than sports, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was never going to happen. But I've always been this type of guy that you, you, I always loved. Honestly, my favorite periods were always the trade deadline, the transactions, the building a team. And that was like the first time dynasty mode. And I think they called it owner mode back then was really introduced where you could play triple A games. You could play double A games. You could develop guys. You they could had single players. A games in, they in did. MVP 2005, which was crazy. You could play a game with like the Fort Myers miracle and MVP 2005. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I remember, I, and that's the point, and if you follow random MLB stars, you'll see it sometimes in my captions, where it felt like, to your point of, it was such an intimate experience of playing it that I still remember, like, I hit, I had won the batting title with Tyke Redman. I was just talking to my buddy the other day, we were talking about there was this guy who pitched in the Phillies minor league system named Eric Judge, not Aaron Judge, Eric, <laughs> and Eric Judge, and I remember I threw no hitter with him in AAA. The next night I played him, played with him in the major leagues, and I threw another no hitter. And for like a nine year old, that was the pinnacle of happiness. I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. And now it's like, oh, I still remember. It's weird how you still, it was because it was that so new to you. I still remember it now. And it's, it's the genesis of what the whole account was, but it's also just, it's a very, it's an experience that I don't think you get with a lot of video games now. And it's just a matter of like growing up and just the way games have evolved. Yeah. And it, 
the way they presented it too was so different. I mean, getting Kruk and Kite to be the broadcasters is still uh, what an accomplishment. Like no do, notes do you, there. Exactly. Like, do you know? I always say, like, I don't get MLB the show. That would be it's such an easy slam dunk to bring. Them. And now that they, I always thought, all right, they have Matt Vasquezian with their guy. They're not going to. Mm-hmm. And now they went and got Brian Books uh, Scambi, and I'm not against him and Chris Singleton, but I'm like, dude, this is an easy win. You do this, and it is. Anybody who had like all the people who haven't played it, it's not like you're not going to like their commentary. And it's anyone who has, it is going to be such a amazing like feeling of nostalgia that it would be such an easy victory that I don't know why they don't do it because I would be so game for that. Yeah, the franchise even into the college ones, just like had the broadcasting, the presentation, like all that stuff was was completely yeah. down pat. And then you talked about the the improvements in graphics, all the batting stances, like all the the pitcher deliveries and stuff like that. It was just, and like I'm sure a kid who's 15 now, if we showed them MV, an MVP baseball clip, would be like, oh man, this fucking sucks. Like what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's it's impossible to overstate how good the fact that in MVP 05 guys pimped home runs, like there were celebrations like that. It was, I mean, it was serious. It was legitimately groundbreaking. It really, and it was even like, I remember the first time I, you hit a ball to the warning track and you weren't sure it was going to go out and the broadcasters weren't like hinting that it was going to, you played Ken Griffey junior baseball. The second you hit a home, like the ball was going out, you knew it. The second you hit it, there would be this actual simulated, simulated moment of, did I just hit a home run or is this like, are they like, what's going to happen? And it was just, it was the first time, like now MLB the show is so realistic. It was the first time games were really close to what you were watching on TV. And it was just a game changer. It really was. Yeah. And it also, the, the owner mode bringing that in in 05 was so interesting because it was the first thing, like, it seems like such a given now because with MLB, the MLB, the show you can do, and, and I love how deep MLB, the show's franchises. I mean, you're doing yeah. everything from September call-ups to, you know, the rule five draft and stuff like that. But it was, it was so groundbreaking with MVP baseball. You hadn't been able to build a stadium before, which you, I mean, you're still not, not really doing that with MLB, <laughs> the show. Like you can't relocate or anything like that. Like you, you're not building your own stadium. Now the owner mode building the stadium in MVP 05, I would have done some fixes. I would have, I would have changed some things up where you're not playing it like a cornfield with those seats. When you yeah, first started. Yeah. But like that, that was completely, we had never done that before. And it, for, I think for, for guys like you and me, it sounds like guys who would later in life do a lot of baseball reference, deep dives, probably read a lot of baseball America and prospect stuff and things like that. Like being able to control every aspect of a franchise, your minor leaguers do a draft, like, MVP baseball franchise mode had a draft, which was insane. I I can't even put a number on how many hours I spent just in that fantasy draft lobby. And it was just because you would start one, you do it, you would run it out as long as you wanted to. And then it was just automatically right back into it. And it was just such a, it was so much fun and it was just so different from what you expected. It was, it, it really was, um, it, no, it, 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 you can't say it enough. I, 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 I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, even with, and you see it now with, uh, with modern games, you're getting, they're a lot really getting away from franchise mode, and Ultimate Team has really taken over and everything. Mm-hmm. And Ultimate, what Ultimate Team is, was what, like, to the next generation, is really what franchise mode was for us, where it was, you were assembling a team in a way that you would never could before. And you know what? To the, this just kind of hit me too, even with the account of, Back then, it was like you got MLB tonight and you, you had baseball tonight so you could watch games. But like out of market games still happen now. But back then, it was harder to watch games on like the games were like if you, unless you had the baseball package, it was harder to find games that quickly. So it was how you got introduced to a lot of players you weren't seeing regularly. Oh, yeah. So oh, it'd yeah. be like and we were talking about before the podcast starts guy like Ken Harvey on the Royals. The Royals were a bad team in the early 2000s that you really didn't watch much. So if you didn't playing the game was that first introduction of like, Oh, this guy's good. Or Mike Sweeney or like someone like that. And you're like, Oh, this guy's good. So then when they were back on TV, you'd watch and you'd be like, I kind of have an idea of who these guys are. And it really, it made, it made baseball feel a little bit like smaller. Like you felt like you knew it felt more attainable to know every player on every team. My buddy and I joke all the time that I could have at back then I probably could have named the, backup catcher on every team in baseball oh, like i could have gone through the whole, sure. every roster i was like i could have told you every team miguel oliva was on from like 2000 2006 it was crazy 
And it also it brought it brought those players, those guys that you didn't get to experience a lot when they weren't on the national national game or like your, your your local regional team, like their stances, their pitching motions, like stuff like that. Like the game bring that in, like every kid in the world during wiffle ball or even during little league was like in Oh four is like, I'm going to try the Albert Pujols stance. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, stuff like that. Like the, they had a, they had the great a rod stance that they put on a lot of hitters. They um, did <laughs> wait. A majority of baseball batted exactly like a rod did. I remember Justin Morneau did, which I, cause I was a twins fan. So like Justin Morneau had the a rod batting stance in, uh, in Oh five that, that just cracked me up. But it's, just I always love to the the standard batting stance. It's funny because MLB the show has like six hundred different stances, and it was like tall, normal, crouched, and crouched <laughs> was like you like that movie Orphan where the girl bends over backwards and she's like her spine doesn't bend like that. That was like how half the guys stepped into the batting. Crouched stance. is an incredible athletic feat because like <laughs> their legs are almost in a right angle. Like their body is completely <laughs> bent in half, but their legs, their calves are straight up and like thighs are at a right angle. It's, it's stunning. It, it's no, really it, stunning. Yeah. No, their spines were jet like jello. They were just like completely hung over. And it was like, everyone was Rod Carew. And it was just swatting it out. It was crazy. It really was crazy. Yeah. And it's such a shame that like, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, I guess we'll touch on this in a bit, like future of EA baseball, but it, it is such a shame that we didn't get to see how that would have, how they would have grown the game getting into the, you know, the older consoles. And, and, you know, we've seen, I mean, maybe, maybe we would have not so fond memories. Cause like, Madden kind of fucking stinks now compared to I was like just going to say Madden. This. Yeah. Madden's I play and this is coming from someone who plays Madden way too much. Madden's awful now. It's not in, awful in the scheme of like yeah, it's great. Like the graphics are great, it works well and all that, but I my buddies and I do online franchises nonstop and it's just there's no improvements to it because everything goes into Ultimate Team is just such a money maker that every other game mode is just getting left by the wayside, especially with EA with all their games. So I say this all the time when people go, they need to bring MVP baseball back. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, don't get me wrong. MLB the show is as good as you can get right now with any of the sports. It's the best sports game running. They're the only one that actually yeah. cares about their gamer and they're not trying to kill clobber you with microtransaction. It's available, but you can easily play that game without spending money on it. Oh, and yeah. I almost exclusively just do franchise with them will be the show. And I'm perfectly happy with that. This is the first year. I think I've been lighter on franchise and it's purely because I've played March to October so much because it's just like a, it's they're taking really cool features of developing players that they never had in franchise mode before. So it's like a quicker and you could turn it into a franchise afterwards, but I'm with you. I don't, I'm like now I'm, I've started to get into ultimate team more, but it still doesn't nothing. I have most fun when I'm playing franchise mode, when I'm playing March to October, when I'm doing a fantasy trip, my that's me and a few of my buddies, we do an online franchise on that. And, and we just run it back. We do a fantasy draft and we run it back. And it's just, there to me like that is still my favorite way to play video games it's mindless it's fun it's really what you love about the sports and it's funny because i it's probably why we love mvp so much and that era of game that era of madden too because before all the microtransactions and things like that and before online play was as big as it is it was all about that it was if we're going to improve the game it's got to be in those facets it's got to be in the gameplay and it's yeah. got to be in, it's got to be making franchise as deep as it possibly can be and that's where like that's where MLB the show once once MVP was gone at least uh, MLB version of MVP was gone after 05 that's where MLB the show really took advantage in that the the graphics and like the the even even in like 0506 the visuals of what MLB the, or yeah the show did it's player. It was just a little more fluid. Like it just upped the game a little bit and then it gets into PS three and it, that, so that, that gameplay itself was a little smoother, but it, it put the investment in. These are, these are people who have now grown up playing MVP baseball and are, you have to make franchise mode deep to keep that entertainment and to keep them buying it every single year. And I feel like the show consistently 
improved franchise mode, every added something new or added a new aspect or something like that. And I think that all stems from the fact that, that, that MVP baseball lets you do all these roster, you know, th- these roster controls and control three levels of the minors and do an amateur draft and have free agency, especially once they moved away from, from points and they actually made it, <laughs> yeah. actually made it money in, in MVP 05. But I mean, it, it all like, it is like, like MVP baseball is the Christ of baseball games. Like it started everything. It really is. It is the, it's the foundation for all of this now. And it's even like, to your point, it's that's the type of thing where it's like, you, you've seen it with Madden and you even see it now with MLB the show. And I, and I have a feeling just given like some of the people I, t- I have a couple of friends that I know that stream and like are more popular and get to know a lot of the guys with San Diego studios. And I've heard from them that you'll start to see like next year, I think they're going to start rolling out more for franchise mode because there's a pressure i remember last year there was the hashtag fix man franchise because man franchise has been the same since man 12 <laughs> like man uh the man with vince young was the best franchise mode i played there yeah vince, i, I like, bought madden 22 and it was my first madden in in a few years because i you know just read all the reviews and i was like i'm about franchise mode i think it was my first madden since madden 16 and yeah. i'm like this is it's kind of the same it's, it's kind of fine that's it's that's the same it. they 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 literally it felt like and I and we play it every year and it felt like they just abandoned it and MLB the show to some extent like the the trade logic was kind of you could still get Juan Soto for like Austin Hedges and oh like, yeah it, it's still yeah. like there's still things that they can fix but it does feel like like March to October is like how they're it seems like they're going to integrate all of that together and if they do that like what March to October has I don't know if you played it it's like you can even like call up a player and then based on how that player performs in that first game you use with him he gets attribute boosts it boosts like actually like if a minor leaguer comes up and gets hot he's hot through the rest of the season and it feels like a real like there's actually ebbs and flows of a season so it, it but to back to it all it's the, the basis for like even fans to get out there and do the hashtag fix man franchise or getting after san diego students to fix mlb, uh, MLB shows is from this it's like how many of us we're not ultimate teams, ultimate team, but it's like, this is what we're playing. This is why we're buying it. We're not buying it. Otherwise it's a roster update. Like you can add stuff, but this is what we're looking for. Yeah. And think about with the show with hot and cold players. And now we see, you know, we can see all these factors about the player being happy and stuff and it takes them down ratings or it makes them better yeah. and stuff like that. That started with, with MVP baseball. We got guys, you know, you get the, the inbox, you know, the message in your inbox, like, Hey, this guy's <laughs> not playing. He's not happy. Like he's got the, he's got the frowny face. Billy Wagner was promised to close a role and you have him <laughs> in the bullpen and he's pissed. That was a real thing. And it was fun. No, I'm with you. And then, and I know this is something we're going to get into, but it's also, I don't know if this is me or what the, the soundtrack, of it is really uh, yeah let's, let's talk a, the music i mean it's iconic it's like and I, i'm even partial to the mvp04 soundtrack because that to me it's i have i literally have a spotify playlist that's just the mvp04 soundtrack i and listen I've, to it all the time i do too and i've played it and i sometimes will even play it while i'm playing it will be the show because i'm like i get it like it's good music but i this is like it I don't know what it was about it. It's just they really, the EA really nailed it back then. It's like the, it was right in that kind of pop punk genre, (laughs) like alt rock stuff that was, I mean, it was popular then. And so it's going back to that where, cause like I, songs that aren't in that soundtrack, but are are that genre of music, like it's still slap. Like we played Sugar, We're Going Down at my wedding. Like that, that genre just kills it. Like they'll probably play it at mine too. Yeah, a lot of these songs, like, listen, if I could have gotten some songs from the MVP baseball soundtrack at my wedding, like, if anyone would have known them except me and, like, four dudes, probably would have done it because, like, the whole, they're they're all really good. And, like, Madden always has their songs and, and MLB The Show does, but it's it's kind of interesting that MVP really stuck to, we're doing one genre. And I can imagine that, so, that there there were people who played this were like, this shit is not for me, man. Yeah, not for I, me at all. But they, they wrote it. They wrote it hard. They wrote a soundtrack all the way through MVP 07, the NCAA one. Finally, it, it incorporated uh, fight songs because it was college, which I thought was a good play, but it also had a nice mix of, let's, let's throw some little alt rock on there too. Yeah, no, it, it's funny because we always, my buddy and I always say like, whenever we, whenever we're like going out or we're like going, we're going, like we're with a bunch of people, he goes, there's one point in the night every time where 
all of a sudden the music will go. Everybody in the room will be like just sitting there and the music will stop for a quick second. Everybody, will, what happened? And then my buddy will always play like splitting games or like walkie talkie man. And- walkie talkie man should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It shouldn't. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, I'll put that sometimes on like the background of one of my TikToks or my personal favorites always. It's my Coco was just so, it's it's so ridiculous, but so good. And it's like, there's, and it's always happens, but we'll play it and it'll be 90% of the room doesn't get it. But there's four guys who were like, whoa, this was. This is the most important song I've ever heard in my life. It's like if you lock somebody in a room and only play 12 songs, not that was just childhood because it's like if I played this game for 60 hours a month, it was like nonstop. It was all we listened to. And I'd be like, oh my God, what is happening right now? If you put on Honest Mistake by The Bravery, I get transported (laughs) back to my childhood bedroom and it's 2 a.m. And I'm I'm like trying to figure out where I'm going to put Mike Redman in this twins lineup. It's my, my, my one friend, Greg, who, you know, he's actually the person I host uh, my podcast with. He can sit, you get, you get him in a certain mood and he will wrap the entire, what's it called? Uh, by time and time again, by chronic future. It'll just start and you can hear it. And I'm like, Oh, is he going to do it? And he just does the whole, and that's like new rock. That's like, it's like rap hip. It's that weird rap pop punk crossover. And he does the whole thing. And it's just like, it really sticks with you in a way that I don't know if I've had a game do since. No, I, I haven't. Like there are songs like, well, my wife and I will hear a song and every now and then even she, because she's watched me play a movie, the show so much, or just like been forced to like sit on the couch and read while I play. <laughs> and she'll be like, this song was on MLB the show, but it, it's a different of, when it's a song from MVP baseball, like, listen, you're never going to hear walkie talkie man on the radio, but like, yeah. Hey driver I've, I've heard before and other, other scenarios. And I'm just like, fuck this slaps. Like, it's just so, so good. It's it. The music was so important, especially because again, the, the aspect of the game, they put so much into franchise and then so much in like the mini games, which we haven't talked about, which you could just play for hours, just hitting, hitting, doing the hitting mini game onto the ramps, but they're playing those songs too. So they're just like getting drilled into your brain even more. But like, imagine a game now putting that much effort into mini games. It, it wouldn't even make sense. And you know, I've actually thought about this of like how it probably like, because of what we were talking about where it was so different from what it what the games used to be like that i even now when i play franchise mode it's still you still don't get that feeling of constant entertainment of like i'll just play mm-hmm. this video game for like there's so many things you can do in video games now that it you get bored of things quicker it's just natural even i i'll play franchise mode and i'll get like i'm bored i, I don't want to play this anymore and it was just there was such a difference there that it was like i'll just play these mini games for the next what am i doing on a friday night when i'm 11 i'm just yeah. gonna play mini games for the next 12 hours and see how this goes <laughs> i've got this triple a pitcher i'm gonna do the mini games with him to get him like an extra one point in control for it's, exactly or i mean I, I i think about it like i don't think i've ever i don't know the last time i've played every game of a season and i did that regularly as it, like it was just 162 and the playoff games and i was like how did I even have the like the attention spent, the time, the the feelings? That's where that's where I go back to. That I think that's where the nostalgia is too a little bit in just the free time aspect. Because yeah, like I, you know, I'll be playing backyard baseball with my kid, and it's like, man, this game takes forever. And I used to, I would wipe out a season of backyard baseball in one day. That's like fourteen nothing. games. It's like you just it, all that. You know, it's funny, and it's not about video games specifically, but it's uh, it's a story I always tell because. So my girlfriend, and we've been together a long time, and she is very much not into sports, like very much doesn't even get it. Not like against it, but like didn't come from a sports household, just doesn't even comprehend. I took her to her, like we went to her, her first baseball game, like was with me at like 22. And she didn't even like, I'm the first person in her life that has been like super into sports. And I tried to explain to her, I'm a big Mets fan. And I was trying to explain to her. The night the Mets lost in the 2006 NLCS, I was nine, 10 years old. I was, and I sobbed like a baby, like just, just saw, I ripped my NL, the NL East division shirt in half. And she was like, why? And I'm like, 
I don't think you get like when you're 10, I didn't have anything going on. So 162 games, I watched 150 of them in full. Like that was just like, I just was sitting there doing nothing. So the second they lost, it was like a part of me had died. Like, I'm oh, like yeah. this is, I've spent months commit. It was like the first heartbreak of like, no, 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 wait, I've been every day. I'm watching this for this to go nowhere. This is not fair. And it's, it's really like a feeling that I think maybe it's because we've gotten older that you just don't get it's um is it breakfast club when they say there comes a point where just a part of you just dies and yeah. just, that's it well and it's it's the same way we would feel with these mvp mvp baseball franchises and you get so invested especially like we kind of want to get into the NCAA games that they went into, but especially yeah. with like, you know, you, you run a college, you know, college baseball team for 20 years and you have all these play, you know, Oh man, this guy was a four year starter for me. Like you get, you spend so much time with these fictional, <laughs> with these, these polygons <laughs> and you get yeah. so invested, you know, a guy has a 10 year career for you and your you know, your Mets franchise on the show. And like that guy's like family. He's it, and you were, and also with the college ones, and I did this. We talked, we were talking about this earlier with the football ones, especially too. Of like, you're recruiting them too, so it's like yeah. you spent the season recruiting them. You spent four years playing with them, and then they even used to let you carry them over into Madden. So there was like, you could have really put some time into fake. I remember I had Lamar Eastwood, and he was just a quarterback from Duke, and. The guy was like Michael Vick, like speed, and just threw the ball like Brett Favre. And you were like, and I remember the fact that I'm talking about a fictional video game character from my oh. childhood. And I remember so much. I remember his accessories and everything. And it's exactly what you're saying. I remember when he retired and it was like, oh, did a friend just die? Like, what just happened? Dude, that's here? How, I mean, there's from from NCA baseball, MVP 06, NCA baseball, there's a, a pitcher from one of my Virginia Tech ball clubs named Matt Sullivan. If I could have invited that <laughs> fictional guy to my wedding, I would have. Like, that's how that's how important this guy toted the ball every Friday night for four years. Like, it's it's important. You spend so much time with these guys. And like the NCA ones are where because of how popular college baseball is getting now. Like ESPN essentially put in squeeze play They're They're essentially it's red zone for NCAA for NCAA baseball this past year. Or now in the postseason, I could see there being legs for another NCAA baseball game. I don't know if they'll fund it. I don't know if there's enough legs, but it is getting more and more popular, much more than it was in, in 06, 07. But like those games had a lot of the things you liked about the, the MLB games they tried a lot of things, and I we were talking off mic like they were one year away. If they would have gotten them onto PS3, smoothed out some of the graphic stuff, it still is pretty difficult to hit. Um, and then and they did some weird stuff with the batting stances, and then they still the mechanics of the college game were still a little funky. The scheduling stuff was funky, and then um, you know we talked about players being unhappy. the The problem if you had a pitcher. And he could, you could have designated your closer, your setup man. You know, the guy could have thrown like 60 innings during the season. But if he was not a starter and he expected to be, a, a you know, a, get playing time in the second year, he's like, fuck this, I'm leaving. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> not how college works. If you throw 60 innings, like it doesn't matter yeah. if you're a starter. But <laughs> EA was really close. And like I would, the NCAA games, I, I still love because I, I love college baseball, but I would love for those to get brought back. I'm with you. And, and I'm, and, I'm with you that I hope I, it feels like, and I don't know if it was the lockout or what, but you started to see people start to, even me, I, I was never a big college baseball guy. I didn't go to a D one school. I didn't really ever like care about it. And it was like the lockout of not thinking you're going to have baseball. And then it's just these guys. And, and you start seeing like the intensity that you get in October baseball, you're getting in March college baseball. Cause it's really just guys fighting for their careers. And it's just, mm-hmm. there's just this intensity. That's just not, it's, and it's also like, and I'm not, and, and this is a, a, a conversation we have a lot of time on, on my podcast of like, we, we talk about like baseball purists. I love when there's some like, I'm not looking for perfect. That I'm not for the shift. I'm not for that stuff because I'm not looking for perfect. This is what the percentage is like. I'm not looking for that. I liked when things get wonky and it's like, oh, we got a camera, we got two cameras at ECU and I don't really have a camera angle of what's happening in left field. And I think the left fielder just threw it to the completely wrong base. Like, you're just like, it's all over the place and it's like, it's a little bit messed up, but it's just kind of what makes the sport fun. It's just, you can't get too mechanical. And I think that's what you get at a college baseball. You get intensity, you get excitement. 
And if you can channel that into sports games like they did and bring that back with like next gen, it's really I think it's something they could really have success with. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that would honestly be the move. I think EA going up against MLB The Show would kind of be suicide. I feel like it'd be a waste of money. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like there's an alley to bring that back or even like, man, if they did a remastered version of the game, I'm not even joking. I dropped $200 on it. Cause I've I would too. I've said this all the, during the beginning of the pandemic, there were sincere conversations with me and one of my, and one of my best friends of, do we drop I think it was like 200, a hundred dollars for an Xbox 360. And at that point, NCAA 14 was getting price gouged on eBay for like oh, yeah. 150 a pop. And it was sincere discussions of we're adults now. We have adult money. Do we spend $250 to play one video game from eight years ago? And it was like, maybe we do it. Cause it was like, if they remastered that, there would be no upper limit to how much I'd spend. I'd be like, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm in. Without a doubt. I mean, if I like genie with the magic lamp, like three witches, it's like, okay, remaster NCAA baseball, at least for the next gen system, figure out recruiting. Cause recruiting in that game was kind of, they, they hadn't figured that out. It wasn't even, it wasn't even up to what they were doing at the NCAA football game at the time. And then like some visual stuff, you know, give the, give the first baseman first basements stuff yeah. like that. Like I ironed some stuff out like that, but they, they really almost had it. They made so many from 06 to 07. I had both. They made so many improvements. Like in the 06 game, they had like the scheduling was like, they would play a not a, the team would play a three game non-conference series from <laughs> Tuesday to Thursday. And then of the weekend conference series, Friday to Sunday. And it's like, well, that's not how this works. These these kids are in college. They play a Tuesday <laughs> yeah. game sometimes, and then they play their weekend series and stuff like that. And then stuff with like players and playing time and things like that. But they they made improvements on that in 07. I really, I'm sure, I'm sure it just came down to to like finances of why they didn't do an 08 and why they didn't bring yeah. it to another system. But like they were really close. They got the fight songs. They had you know I think they had like 20 25 ballparks, which was cool. Like yeah. it, that's, I think that's where the opportunity is. If we ever get these games back in our life, I do think it would be NCAA baseball. I mean, and ESPN is putting a ton of weight into college baseball now. They so are. You never know. You know, you never do. I hope, it, I hope it happens because just call it, it, it would be the best thing for like the sport. Is, it's like we were talking about before of like baseball at that point was so much more, it felt more popular than it is now. And it's, that's how you really start building fans you build lifelong fans through guys of oh i saw this guy like um what's his name I, i'm I'm blanking on the guy from nc state who's transferring right now um oh uh, tommy tanks Tom, yeah tommy tanks I, I know i'm like we have the same first name but i'm gonna mess up his last <laughs> name uh even him that guy makes it to the show in four years four or five years there's gonna be it's just a different it's exactly it's pretty much the same conversation we keep having of there's just a you feel an attachment to guys that you don't have that you wouldn't have had before. So college baseball, really, if ESPN could really get it to a point where it's popular, it really helps the sport. And that's all uh, I like baseball. I, I, and I, I love, I'm a big football guy. I'm a big basketball guy. Like I'm into all these sports, but baseball has been my first thing all my whole life. So it's like, that is what I would love nothing more than, because it just, you need, I, I'm not a big believer in that baseball's dead and baseball's boring. It's not that it's, I think we've had a lot, there's just been stu- a lot of small changes that have kind of made baseball less marketable that are really easy to fix. Like really mm-hmm. not, it's not a stretch. Kids aren't like going to be bored by the sport. It's still super exciting and going. And I still stand that like going to hockey games are super fun. Basketball games are fun, but like there's no better experience than going to a baseball game. It's, it's the just the most fun in-person experience. You're just hanging out with your buddies, whoever you came with. And then there's just a sporting event happening and it's just perfect. It's really yeah. the perfect balance. It's the absolute best. I mean, and, and I'll wrap them the same way. Like base, I love all sports. Baseball was like my first love, but I can, I can definitively say that the MVP baseball franchise made me a bigger baseball fan without I, a doubt. I, I'm with it's, I, I always point to it's MVP baseball. The 04 Red Sox coming back because, I mean, I was also a petty Yankee hater back then. So it was like, oh, my God, this team that's built to hate the Yankees is like making this huge comeback. And uh, And shit. And then we had Tessie on uh, on MVP 05. Tessie to me. So I have it in the other room. I should have grabbed it. I also is like I have an irrational love for fever pitch. Just brother like, you like that movie is the shit like that movie is all really time. 
people like sit there and tell me it's you know actually everybody tells me it's bad and i'm like watch it and nobody ever leaves it being like i hated it and i'm so i have it and i got it on ebay like a couple like a year ago for like 12 bucks you remember when you used to go on a blockbuster when oh. a dvd would come out they would put up like the stand like the bookcase that had like the dvd slots in it so when yes. fever pitch came out they had like the fever pitch that one it's on ebay someone's selling it and i'm like what yeah bye oh my god i need to get something like that for my office so but it came and they the shelves weren't part of it the people and like i messaged words in my head the shelves didn't come and the guy literally responded to me like buddy what do you want from me like I don't know what you, <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like fair but i got the upper part in in my bedroom like above where my mirror was i put it because i just thought it was hilarious and now every time someone comes in they're like this is the funniest but also the weird wildest thing i've ever seen i have it's literally a huge it's the dvd cover but it's like the 3d where the tv's popping out and drew barrymore and jimmy Fallon's face that are above it and it's like fever pitch out in stores now and it's the whole thing and it's my favorite possession of all I'm, time. i'm truly jealous because i would I, love I'll that pull it out before it. pretty sure if i pretty sure if i if i walked into my house with that my wife would send me back out but that is man i know you gotta run tommy this has been great tell the folks again where they can follow you yeah, at random MLB stars on Instagram and TikTok, uh, and at Miyamo Tommy on Twitter. Uh, you can follow at random MLB stars on Twitter, but it'll just refer you to retweets of at Miyamo Tommy because that's where I'm really mostly tweeting from. But uh, yeah, if you want a guy who's talking about baseball and like a weird amount of rom coms. That's the account to follow. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll have to have you back on for rom com. We do rom coms on this show. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not ashamed. My my girlfriend's super into horror movies and I'm super into rom-coms just because I just think they're hilarious. And we're like, it's like a role reversal where I'll be like, she's like, is this too scary for you? And I'm like, no. And then I'll be like, is this too sappy? And she's like, no. It's like a complete role reversal. We did uh, we did rom-com month in February. We're going to be bringing those back soon. So we'll have to do something like that. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. New episodes every Monday. We'll be back next Monday with another movie. I don't know what yet. If you want to know, head over to the Patreon. Support on Patreon, patreon.com slash sports. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.